0: pure authentic conversation that's soulfully casual so grab your favorite beverage sit in your favorite chair here is your host maddie ice everyone, welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And this is of course your host, Matty Ice. This is a Matty Ice Media Network production. I hope everybody had a great weekend. A little bit delayed in getting content out to you. I just didn't feel like doing this on Sunday. Sometimes you need a little bit of a rest. And so a day late, but never a dollar short here at the Soulfully Casual Podcast. That's at least the idea and that's at least the motto. So what do we have to do before we get started today? First of all, connect with the show. Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast, that is the handle of course, hit me up on Twitter at Maddie Ice Media is the handle. I generally tend to be more available there and easier to get a hold of. And of course, visit www.maddieicemedia.com for all of your Maddie Ice Media podcasting needs. We are looking to add some talent to the website. We're looking to add some other perspectives to the show. We obviously have a male-dominated platform right now. I want to be able to empower female perspectives and female voices. So if you are a female podcaster out there and you are listening to this and you wanna be a part of the Maddie Ice Media family, hit me up at any of those platforms. I'd love to talk to you about your ideas and your goals and see if you are a good fit for the family here at Maddie Ice Media. So I've said that this month is about being thankful and that's what Thursdays are about. And I said that Tuesdays, I wanted to get into some ways in which we could all do our part to help our fellow man and woman in our community, that there were so many different types of people out there, so many different pockets of, of humanity that we can reach out and help. And that just can start with our next door neighbor and can also extrapolate, if you will, to some larger communities. So I wanted to look at the calendar of November and kind of say, are there any particular groups that are highlighted through some type of holiday? That's not Thanksgiving, but some type of a holiday or maybe some appreciation day that maybe would be a good fit. And as I was scrolling through, I'm looking for things that have a personal connection to me, but that also might have a personal connection to some listeners on the show, right? Like obviously you are all listening, you are human, you have your lives. And it's nice to just think that everybody has a perfect copacetic existence, but we all don't have that. We obviously have many things in our lives that you know challenge us at times. And I think one of the things that popped out to me, because this is something that if you've listened to the show in the last few months, you know that I have gone through this and you know that this is something that hits home for me. So November is National Caregiver's month. And while National Caregivers Day isn't until February, we're dedicating an entire month to thinking about caregiving. And I want to put into perspective to you, for you what caregiving really means. Obviously, at many points in our lives, we are a caregiver for something or somebody in some capacity. When you're a child, your parents are your caregivers. If you own a pet, you are a caregiver to that pet because that that pet can't do for itself what you can do for it. If you have a home, you're a caregiver for a home. And I think to, you know, as you get older and your parents get older or your loved ones get older you become a caregiver for them as well in a different way it's it's part of the cycle of life and as you know my mom was a it, or was battling cancer and in need of a lot of caregivers and my family really stepped up to the plate not once but twice, and while I wasn't able to be there either of those times, I was a caregiver for my mom in a little bit of a different sense in that we had an emotional connection with her, being able to Skype with her, FaceTime with her so that she could talk to James and talk to her grandson even though she was going through so much and I wanted to talk about the idea of caregiving because I think when we're younger where I am in my life if you have both parents that are alive or even if you don't even if one of your parents has deceased you know early in this life or in your life I should say um, you don't really haven't really gotten to the point I guess of caregiving. This idea of caregiving, but many people have gotten there at younger points in their life, or really when they're older. So if you look at the statistics, uh, it's generally older people who are caregivers, and I mean people in their fifties and sixties. And why is that? Because their parents are older, or their loved one is older, and that just makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. It's also very much skewed toward females, and I think that is because men, while problem solvers, aren't really there when you when you truly need them for something emotional. And caregiving is a truly emotional event. It is not something or a job that you can just do and check the box. And there are 90 million Americans that are caring for loved ones in this country. That's a lot of people. Think about that. We just did the census, and there's something like 300 million people or 315 million people living in this country. And of those 315 million people, 90 million of them are caring for a loved one in some fashion. And that doesn't necessarily mean because they are old. Caregiving extends to disease as well. Cancer patients are highly in need of caregiving at certain stages in their in their treatment Uh, if they are close to the end of life they obviously need a lot more help than they do if they are early on in their uh, in their treatment and they are on their way to getting better or perhaps being cured and going into remission but not everybody goes through that and i think about what the people did for my mom right being a caregiver for somebody that you love And what does that entail? What kind of a sacrifice is that? And I think that's the part about caregiving that maybe we don't fully appreciate. If you're somebody who's listening, who has gone through this, you have taken care of somebody, you've had somebody who is at the end of their life, whether they're old, whether they're young, no matter what it is, and you are taking care of them. Yes, you're obviously overseeing the day-to-day operations for their life. And that is making sure that they are comfortable, they have all their medication, they're fed, anything that goes into that. My mom was living in her apartment still, up until a few months before she passed away she wasn't very functional while she was living in her apartment but she was living there nonetheless and that's an extra burden that the caregivers my mom's sisters her friends some dear friends of hers were were taking on making sure that her apartment was clean making sure that her apartment was stocked with food for the people that were coming and going as caregivers like there's so many little things that caregivers do, especially if they are caring for somebody that's not in their own home, that kind of go unnoticed because we take those things for granted in our own lives. Think about all the times that we clean a bathroom, for instance, or a kitchen, or go grocery shopping. All of those things are taken for granted because we always just do them out of necessity. And what's the other thing that we take for granted? The ability to be able to do them. And that's kind of part of caregiving that I think, again, goes unnoticed. But the emotional part is the part to me that's the most difficult. Because I think if it were just down to it being a job and being able to say, okay, so-and-so needs X, Y, and Z in order to have a good day today. They need to go to these appointments, do these things. And if we were able to do that with no other responsibilities in our lives, it would be, I don't wanna say easy, but it would certainly be a lot more attainable in terms of our mental sanity. But what most people are doing is trying to put all of this into their life while also juggling many other aspects of their life that maybe are not as easy to put on the back burner. And when I talk about women taking the hit of this, potentially women with children, right? working women, women who have jobs and careers. And again, just because your parents or your loved one are in need of some type of 100% care, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are old yourself. While those people generally tend to skew older, there are plenty of people, and you don't even have to be the one whose relative that it is, right? If it is an in-law of yours. Or a relative on your spouse's side. I mean, those things matter, right? You have a home together, and when you decide to take in somebody that is at that stage in their life, needing almost full-time care, it's a lot. It's really an emotional struggle. And I think to myself, you know, there's there's not a lot of hope sometimes for caregivers when you truly think about the resources that are out there for caregivers. A lot of it is so dependent on one the state that you live in. And of course, the type of uh, person that you are caring for. And I mean that by, are they elderly? Are they sick? And what is their disease? That is one thing that I noted uh, when my, my aunts were talking about, you know, trying to help my mom in any way possible. They always use the word advocate. And I think that's a perfect word for people in their situation. Because my mom, for everything that she you know was at the end, all the things that she had lost in her mind, she wanted to be her own advocate but she was unable to do that and she wasn't necessarily at a place where she could understand that and that's where the the burden of a caregiver becomes even greater because you have to now advocate for this person when you know that they can't advocate for themselves But my mom, bless her heart, felt that she was still her best advocate, and maybe to an extent that she was. But we also knew that because of the cognitive issues that she was going through with brain cancer, that much of the information that was being presented to her, much of really the gravity of the situation that she was facing really wasn't able to be comprehended by her the way that it would be comprehended by say somebody who's not going through this. And that's why those caregivers are so important because when they go to doctor's appointments, they hear you know medical uh, information or uh, best practices or things that a patient is supposed to do based off of their condition all those medications that was one thing that my mom and the caregiver struggled with so much because there were so many medications that my mom was on to basically keep her tumor at bay and that's a lot and while some of the caregivers worked in the medical field themselves it's still a huge burden because when you work in that profession and i talked about this a little bit Uh, a little bit ago about the fact that if you could do this and you had a checklist and there was no emotional attachment, it wouldn't be easy, but it would certainly be a lot more manageable for you from an emotional perspective because this is some person who maybe you don't have an emotional attachment to. But so rarely is it that way, unless of course you work in that field. And But even working in that field, right, you have experience doing this with other people, showing empathy, showing compassion for where people are in their lives, that they are nearing the end and you need to help them stay as comfortable as possible, right, to, to have the most quality of life that they possibly can have within the confines of whatever their situation is allowing them. But as soon as you make that a family member or as soon as you make that a loved one, that's all out the door. It's really difficult to compartmentalize and separate the familial or the friend relationship from your your profession because you're not doing this as a profession. You're not getting paid to do this. And I think that's one part of it. When I thought about everything going on with caregiving, I thought about the lack of resources that there are for people who are in these situations. It's really important that we understand that resources are available to us, but also understand how difficult resources can be to be attained depending on whatever it is that you are looking for. And I think about people who are going through an illness. So let's take cancer for an example because I think there's a a very easy Um, dichotomy that exists between the different types of cancers and the types of resources. And when I say resources, I don't mean information necessarily. I'm talking about dollars. I'm talking about real tangible benefits that can be applied to somebody who is in need. And that's not just the patient. That's also the caregiver as well. I also think that there's really two different avenues that we're talking about when it comes to resources. I think obviously there are material aspects like meals, meals, Clothing, possibly rides to appointments if that person can't get an advocate to take them. I mean, my mom was very, very lucky that she had people in her life who had a flexible schedule who could actually kind of you know rearrange their lives and and work lives to be able to take her, and that's an amazing thing. Like that's not something that I take for granted whatsoever. You know, I would have been in an advantageous position to do that had we not lived nine hours away because of the fact that I work from home predominantly right now. So that is an you know that's an advantage that I would have had that maybe a lot of people don't have and when we talk about meals so when my mom was you know still at home uh, she had a meal service that was a local a local couple that basically made meals for people in her situation. And the meals weren't just for my mom. They were for the caregivers as well because they were servings of four, I think. And that's main, I And mean, that's a huge thing. When the people that went over to take care of my mom would go over there, they would go over there after having a full day and having to then cook dinner and do all of that. I mean, that's a huge burden. It's a huge ask. And when I use the word burden, I don't mean that the person that is in need of care is necessarily putting a burden on somebody else it's just that there is a lot that you need to do both physically and emotionally to be able to caregive for somebody on a full-time basis or a near full-time basis and so the little things that can be taken care of are a huge stress relief when it comes to that particular situation and i think the other thing for the caregivers and the patients as well as the mental health aspect of it that part i don't think has really been tapped into to the point that we could have up until now And when my mom was nearing the end of her life, she was seeing a therapist for people that had brain cancer or brain tumors. And I think being able to talk to somebody who talked to so many different people with this disease allowed that person to have a perspective about what my mom was going through that maybe could help her through what I know had to be some depression. I remember there were some phone calls that I had with my mom where I was very worried about her, mainly because I felt like she was depressed and perhaps that that was holding her back from possibly getting a little bit better to feel a little bit better. Now, when we look, you know, we look back 2020 hindsight and all that. I don't know if there's anything that could that could have been done. I just know that there was at least a resource there for my mom to talk to. And there's also resources that are needed for the pay the caregivers that are going through this stuff. And it's a huge burden. And being able to have somebody to talk to about that aspect of it is really, really important. And I think as we get close. You know to the end of this episode one of the things that i would like to do for you is to be able to give you some resources because if you're listening to this and you are somebody who is taking care of let's say a glioblastoma patient right there's not a lot of resources for you and i said that cancer was a good uh, example mainly because you can see the dichotomy so if you have a a rare cancer let's say a glioblastoma, perhaps a blood cancer or something like that. Perhaps if you go out to look for resources, look for agencies or charities that can help you, uh, just anything that can give you some information on where to go, it's sparse. My aunt went through that. I mean, I remember her texting and and posting on Facebook, uh, talking about how little resources that there were and how difficult it was to find those resources. Seeing those words and reading it and knowing the frustration that she was going through and the others were going through led me to believe that there have to be a large number of the 90 million people who perhaps are going through that as well. And your your health insurance doesn't help you there. Most of the late life care or the you know near end of life care is not covered and because the insurance companies look at this as a business expense. You become an item sheet, on a, an item on a balance sheet when you are close to the end of your life and especially if you have a disease like that. I know that my wife has a friend of hers who has stage four breast cancer and basically the insurance companies are not willing to fund or back her on experimental treatment because in their minds, they know that it is a losing proposition and that's really, really sad because while that person might be numbers on a piece of paper, they're a human being. At the end of the day it's a human life that we're talking about and whether that person survives or doesn't if they don't survive that's a life that's been extinguished a family member a loved one that has left this earth And I did an episode on grief right before episode 100. Grief is such a hard thing to go through and to just think of somebody as a number on a binary sheet is just wrong. And again, I understand it; it's the paradigm that we live in right now. But what I want to focus on is the fact that while there may not be resources for every single person who's going through this, like if you know you're somebody with breast cancer, there are tons of resources out there. And I think in some ways, perhaps we have prioritized the different types of cancer just due to the the exposure of it. breast cancer is more popular and prevalent so we have we put more resources toward it and i can understand that so if you're looking for ways in which you can help right or that you can get people to help like you know somebody the first thing i think you need to do is check out the family caregiver alliance and that is at caregiver.org that's a great resource when i went to their page they are sort of like a one-stop shop for people who are in a position of a caregiver and who just need a place to start Uh, they have a an 800 number which is 1-800-445-8106 and all this information will be in the description of the episode so if you want to check it out it will be there as well and I think those are the first two places to go because I think if you're not even sure where to start you're not even sure what you're dealing with like what you need perhaps you just found out that you're going to be caregiving for somebody and you just need a place to start somebody to talk to that can lead you in the right direction I think that the family caregiver alliance is the way to go Uh, every single state also has an area agency on aging as well and this is where you can find federally supported programs because while each state has their own types of programs. There are obviously federal programs that can help you along the way as well. I think they're a little bit more difficult to get because I think the burden of entry is a little bit higher, but at least you know what you have and at least you know that there are avenues that you can explore because as my stepmother would say, you can't get what you don't ask for. So there's that. If you are caring for somebody who is in, in you know, as elderly and is at the end of their life, the American Elder Care Research Organization, which looks into Medicaid and non-Medicaid programs, uh, Medicaid is something that is heavily leaned on at this stage of life, mainly because it covers a lot of different programs that can severely benefit somebody in that position, both the patient or the person and the caregivers as well. And I think that's another great resource because while we think about caregiving as it relates to older people and that's a, definitely a huge pocket of it. Obviously, there's, there's the disease aspect of it as well. So I think that it's important to cover all bases and I think that these resources do that. And if you're looking for disease-specific organizations like cancer care, there's plenty of those to go around and this is what I was talking about when it comes to the dichotomy of resources for different diseases. When you look at how many resources there are for breast cancer, there are a dime a dozen in a lot of ways. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, If you are talking about some rare disease or some rare form of cancer, it may be difficult to find more disease-specific resources for that, but it's something to look into, and Google is obviously a wonderful resource. Uh, Definitely, if you're looking to find out what your benefits are or what benefits may be available to you, check out the Benefits Checkup, which is benefitscheckup.org. And lastly, you can check out the Elder Care Locator, which can be found at eldercare.acl.gov. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just doing a random Google search. I'm sure there are plenty more resources to be found. But the whole point of this episode is that there are a lot of people, more than you know, who are caregivers and who are sacrificing a whole hell of a lot to take care of another human being. And maybe that person is a loved one. Maybe it's not. But either way, there's a lot of sacrificing going on. And that's the whole point of these Tuesday episodes, ways in which we can help. So if you don't know somebody who's a caregiver, but you want to donate or find resources that are out there that you can help out, please do do so please look up some of your local chapters of maybe some of these uh, some of these alliances some of these uh, groups that are helping out people maybe you can donate a meal to one of these groups or help distribute these meals or something like that it's just another way that you can give back and that's the whole point of November and that is the whole point of this Tuesday episode so uh, do you know a caregiver let me know hook up with me on any of the methods that I've laid out on the top of the show I'd love to know because if you are God bless you It's a hard job and I know that one day I will have to do it. Um, And it's just a, a passage of life in a lot of ways. And it is something that is a selfless act in many ways that is not rewarded. It is a thankless job because the end result of this is usually losing a loved one, but it's always the right thing to do when you can do it, and being able to help out those in need is always a good thing, and we should be erring on the side of that as often as we possibly can. I appreciate everybody's time this week, as I always do. going to be making a few changes to the shows coming up, and I don't necessarily mean in content, but I'm really trying to up the ante in 2022. There's a lot of big things that I have in my mind. I'd love to take Selfly Casual to another level. Get some guests on and just really i don't know hammer home the different kinds of perspectives that are out there because there's so many interesting people and i just want to chat with them so if you're one of those people let me know and i'd love to have you on the show Uh, obviously barring some crazy nutty theories or something like that because i don't want to spread misinformation however i hope everybody has a great rest of the week uh pardon my rambling. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones as always. We don't get a lot of time with them. I say this every time, but it's so very true. Take care of yourselves. Be well, and I will see you on the other side. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual podcast are those of Maddie Ice and not necessarily those of the Maddie Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual podcast is exclusively owned by Maddie Ice and is brought to you by the Maddie Ice Media Network.